Latino Stories, Historias Latinas, es un podcast que nace del proyecto de narrativas orales de Latinos en Ohio, Oral Narratives of Latinos en Ohio, con entrevistas en español, inglés, and Spanglish. To Latina Latino Stories, I'm Elena Fowles. I'm so excited to have two of San Antonio female comedians in the studio today. Well, half of them, right? Uh, <laughs> Michelle is here physically in the studio with me, and Joanna is uh, joining us via phone. So I do have here Michelle Cantu and Joanna Solis Estrada, also known as Chona E. Woo. Uh, so to our audience, uh, there might be some mature language in this podcast. Uh, Michelle and Joanna, can you please um, introduce yourselves? Why don't we start with you, um, Michelle? Hi, everyone. I am Michelle Cantu. I am a uh, young comedian ingenue, <laughs> fresh on the scene, <laughs> um, but also, you know, do some public speaking. And by day, I am a human resources, <laughs> human resources leader um, with Nationwide. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on in my life right now. Okay, great. And she's the malicienta, not me. <laughs> What about you, Joanna? Can you uh, tell us a little bit about you? <laughs> yes. Um, so, yes, uh, everybody knows me publicly as Chona E. Um, but uh, to my family and friends, I'm Joanna. I'm uh, 38 years old. I'm 5'8". Uh, I'm Let's see. What, um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> She's giving the bio stats. <laughs> like, that is, a, that is a tall Mexican woman. It is. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, I'm very proud of it. I like to wear heels to intimidate other Mexican ladies alike. And um, <laughs> I'm a mom of two. I've been with my husband. Um, next month will be 21 years. And uh, I, I have a passion for live shows and comedy. Great. Uh, well, bienvenidas a las dos, Michelle and uh, Joanna. Tell me about uh, growing up in San Antonio. I assume both of you are from San Antonio. Yeah, I, I am. Um, born and raised here. Um, grew up on the city's west side. So like West Commerce and Acme, like 36th Street. Like that's my hood. I'm an Edgewood girl. Um, and I feel so bad. Like Chona's like, oh, I'm married and I have kids. And I'm like, who are they? I didn't even say, say anything about that. <laughs> but um, yes, <laughs> I'm also like, I'm a, a proud mom and husband. You know why I didn't mention him? Because my husband got new glasses and he looks like a total dork. And I'm just trying to like block it out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him. I know. <laughs> but really enjoyed um, just growing up on, on the West. And I think that's part of, I think what got me into comedy, right? Is that we kind of, you know, we would always like riff on each other and pick on, you know, people would pick on you and, you know, you could either, you know, go home and cry or get mad or you just give it right back to them. And so I always found that I was like, you know, just, you know, finding a quick witty response or, you know, laughing it off. And I think when people saw that, oh, you know, we can't really mess with her. She just laughs at everything. It doesn't stick to her that I felt like, oh, okay, this is something that's going to work for me. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I grew up, uh, I was born actually in San Antonio. And then I, <clears throat> I moved to Del Rio, Texas um, after my parents divorced. I was four years old and I lived there till I was nine. Then my dad got custody of us and I came back to San Antonio and we grew up on the South side of Palo Alto. 
area. And, um, you know, I, something I want to piggyback on what Michelle said about um, something that I want to piggyback on that Michelle mentioned is that one of the things that I like about comedy is that growing up in that uh, type of a, maybe not the best part of the city, South Side, is that you did meet a lot of different characters, mm-hmm. um, specifically people like Theo Tron. You know, I play a character um, <laughs> in a sketch with Samantha Najera called Los Theos, and everybody's like, you just hit that character so spot on. Um, and that's a part of our culture that I feel is dying and that um, that I love to recreate and I love to just bring back to life because that's what I remember growing up on that. And I'm pretty sure, Michelle, on the West Side, you saw a lot of characters like that as well. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And I think for me, too, it was also like, you know, so I was raised primarily by a single mother, right? Like my parents got divorced when I was really young, too. Um, And, you know, for a while there, it was just my mom supporting us three girls. And so we just always, I think... I don't know. It's like when you back a dog into the corner, it's like you come out fighting. And I felt like we just, there was always so many like funny stories that would happen or we would like mess with each other. And or we would, I would, I would sit on that. We, we used to ride the bus because my dad had crashed my mom's car. And I would say, I would like, you know, there was maybe a woman who was wearing too much makeup. I'm like, I'm like, mom, why is that lady dressed like a clown? And all, all loud, right? She's like, shut up. I have to ride this bus every day. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so yeah, there's definitely a lot of characters in San Antonio. But I mean, that's what that's what makes the city great. And and I love seeing those characters on um, all of Chona's social media. I'm surprised she didn't ma- mention that because she's she's like legit a celebrity. Like when I've hung out with her, people are like, oh, my God, are you Chona from the Tiki Talks? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did from that. the Tiki. Right. And then they just stand there. Right. Michelle, <laughs> we're trying to finish our dinner. They- <laughs> Nobody knows how to like take it further than that, right? Because right. Chona is so modest, right? So she's like, "Do you want a picture?" Or <laughs> no, I don't even like to ask. It makes me feel like I don't know why I'm so in my head about it. But anytime people have come up to me, like I'm just like, uh, like let's end this somehow because it's just weird for me. So I'm like, let's take a picture because usually after that they got what they wanted, and they, you know it's it's terrible. I. Please, if anybody's listening, it's not that I don't know that you guys approach me. I just, I don't know how to act. You're Michelle just was like, they were all making fun of me saying. at corpus. <laughs> But what I loved about like witnessing that happen, right, is that people will tell her like how she mentioned like, oh, you know, that that character like I had an, I had a Theo like that or, you know, there was that one particular person that we met when we were in Corpus and she was like, oh, I like I watch I watch me and like my man like watch your videos and, you know, like while I'm on break and probably watch. I think she was talking about how she watches them too much when she like takes breaks that are too long. That and- are too long and now they can't have phones or something. That's what she said. Oh, no. <laughs> I help create the protocol for your work. <laughs> well, one question I did, and this is re- reminded me of what um, Michelle just said, but also also you, uh, Joanna, that um, you know, jokes, teasing, humor is a very important and or common practice uh, in the Latino community. Um, and that makes your show unique, right? When you when you are on stage and sort of bring some of that um, cultural um, stuff into the the routine. Um, and I really like the fact that Michelle pointed out as 
almost like a superpower, right? If you can take it, if you can <laughs> respond right. to it, it makes right. you like chingona, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Right. So what uh, led you both into comedy? Um, is it you just had, you know, training as you were growing up? Or <laughs> what, what is it that um, sort of pushed you into that direction? I'll let Shona take this one first. <laughs> um, thank you, Manita. For me, it was... There's a lot of ways that I've answered this question over time, um, but um, probably the most authentic reason why I started doing comedy is because, um, you know, growing up was not always very happy, you know, so um, it was very easy to try to find... um, a way to make myself feel good. And I think that that was mostly by um, noticing that when I would tell a story or when I would say certain things, people would laugh. Um, And then I also got bullied briefly when I was in uh, fourth grade because I was like mas gordita than the other kids. Mm -hmm. And um, when I moved with my dad, I was, uh, you know, I didn't, we were kind of poor at that time. Um, And uh, I was wearing like adult clothes because there was like no <laughs> options for me to shop. Cause I was, right. there was like no plus size sections for kids at that time. So, um, I kind of used comedy as a way to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'd rather make fun of myself than have anybody poke fun at me first. So that's kind of really why I started com- being the funny girl, um, long time ago. And then the, future part or now current part of doing it professionally is just uh it's 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 all that but it's more so I really like the connection that I have with the audience when I'm on stage and watching them laugh at my jokes and watching them laugh with me and and an entire room of people and you just see their mouths wide open and they're just laughing and I'm like I don't even know maybe on the way over there they were crying because Mm -hmm. they're going through Mm -hmm. something or they're suffering some sort of mental health issue and just for this small moment in time, I was able to bring them joy. So that's kind of it in a nutshell for me. I'm very long-winded. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That's great. But what I think that, I think what that proves is kind of like the reason how I got into comedy is that I feel like I've always been a storyteller, right? Like, so, you know, if you come and see my comedy, like I tell stories about like my husband or my mother and like the way that she's embarrassed me or like growing up, right? Also being a gordita and like, like going tubing and how that is not a fat friendly activity, (laughs) you know? So I just, I, I feel like I took these moments that, you know, are, are hard and I like, I try to find the fun in them. I remember um, being little because I have really curly hair and just, you know, we grew up poor and I felt like, I felt like, I don't know how, but I just had beautiful all the time. Just, I just could never, no matter how hard, like my mom tried, you know, those, and they have the little combs for those of you who like have never experienced head lice. It's, it really doesn't matter whether you're rich or not. Like it just, right. it impacts everybody. Please don't judge those little kids who have come home with the beautiful. But, um, I remember my mom just like gave up and she ended up shaving my head. So I was like, and this was in like fifth grade. So it's like, that's like the year that you're supposed to be top dog or whatever. And there I was like super fat with a bald head, all pelona. (laughs) And then I just remember like, I would make up stories as to like what happened or why. And then even my teachers wouldn't mess with me because I think they thought I had cancer or something. (laughs) 
they were just like, ay, pobrecita. And I'm like, oh, I would my God. God. say anything. I know. And I would milk it, girl. Like I would see them make their sad eyes and I would make them too. Like, oh, yes, I, I don't feel well today. <laughs> but oh so then, God. so yeah, it's just being a kid. <laughs> Overcoming those challenges, telling stories. And then as an adult, like it was really like my sister, my mom, my friends who were like, man, you're so funny. Like you, you should do something with that. And then I joined this book club called Books and Booze for Chingones here in San Antonio. Um, when I moved back from Columbus, which it was like, even though I'm born and raised here, um, I kind of felt like, okay, I lived in Columbus, Ohio for like four years, but it just, I felt like I was like brand new again. Like I had Mm -hmm. to reconnect and remake those friendships. And so that book club really established that for me. And then um, I had asked them, I said, hey, guys, would it be weird if I just like did a little like stand up set for you guys for we have a in December, we don't read a book, we just do like a pachanga. Right. And and so I brought my little karaoke machine and I had my little lights. It, I produced my own little show for the book club and they just loved it so much. And, and they were such great supporters. And they were like, girl, you've don't let it end here. Do something about it. It. So then I, I took um I took a comedy workshop at Upstage Comedy Lounge, um, which is run by oh, I Bobby love Smith. It. Yeah, um, black club owner, the only black owned club that I'm aware of, I think, um, in in the whole state of Texas. So, um, yeah. So I just I feel like there's a lot of people who've believed in me and who've supported me to get to this point, and and um, and yeah, I'm just I'm kind of taking the ride as, as, as far as it'll go. <laughs> right. Right. And, um, so the, the piojos thing, uh, moms can be brutal. I have to say, uh, my mom put, um, you know, cucaracha poison on my head when I had, <laughs> oh, geez. Yes. so I'm surprised I didn't go bold, like, <laughs> <laughs> or burnt, you know, burned or something, but, um, yeah, she wanted to end it. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's crazy because I, I think everybody's had their piojo stories before. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't actually ever get piojos. Oh, yeah. Until uh, I was in middle just... school, bro. Presumida. <laughs> I know, right? You're like, I te crees mucho. Dude, but it happened to me in middle school. Oh, that's even worse. Freaking 12 years old con piojos, dude. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, my God. Mortified. <laughs> I bet, I bet. You know what the 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 cucaracha whatever that they put it wouldn't have worked. You know why? Because I was that girl who couldn't afford a flare, and so I had the plancha like straight on my head. And if my hair could survive that, there's no. So she just dude yes, just shaved it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why your mom gave up. It's like oh, we'll just shave. She it. was over it. Yes, yes. Uh, so. I can think of, you know, I guess in the 90s, and and maybe correct me if I'm wrong with this, but I remember the 90s being, there being a lot of female comedians, like there was comedians in general. We we had, um, you know, uh, stand-up comedians that um, had their own like sitcoms, Mm -hmm. you know, in the 90s, that was like a search of that. And, And I remember like, you know, the most, I guess, famous or common comedian was Ellen DeGeneres at mm-hmm. that time. Uh, but there are very few well-known Latina comedians. I mean, as, aside from yes. um, uh, Christella Johnson, Angela Johnson, for sure. Yeah. Right. And so tell me about this business, I guess, and, and, and what it means to, for you to be one of 
those Latina comedians that are, you know, sort of representing or maybe breaking boundaries. I don't know. You you did mention that there is a group of growing female com- Latina comedians here in San Antonio. Um, so what what do you what do you think? What what does that mean to you? Um, sort of be in this business. I think for for me, I, I we need more. There's definitely a roadblock when it comes to why is it that we are not um, larger in numbers as far as uh, mainstream is concerned. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you hit the nail right on the head. There's very little of us and there's tons of comedians. But what it means to me is that I'm hoping that I get to pave the way for this to become more of a normal thing. But there's there's all the there's other categories, right? There's this Latina as the umbrella, Hispanic as the umbrella. I want to be the first Mexicana, whatever, or maybe Mm -hmm. it doesn't even matter if I'm the first. I just want to be able to have a platform um, that other women can say, okay, we're going to be able to do this too, because she's gordita and she's Mexicana, 100%. And that just means uh, it, that in itself, it, it, it there needs to not be that roadblock anymore. And I don't care how many doors we need to knock down and how many barricades we need to barrel through, but it it just needs to become more of a normal thing rather than it's pretty rare. It's very rare. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I think, I think Joanna really hit the nail on the head. Um, so, you know, I feel like when you think of comedians and you think about representation, um, and you talk about, you know, like even us, like thinking of the, the names of some Latina comedians. And I, and I know, you know, they're, we're making space, um, but it's hard because there is so little representation. And I think like people like people like Joanna are also like bringing people along. Right. Like so she is creating opportunities for you know, new comedians on the scene like me, um, other comedians in San Antonio who are doing that, Irma Ruiz. Um, she's just, she's phenomenal. She has created opportunities for so many comedians. She even has a comedy house where she lets comedians stay, like who are like trying to, you know, like make it in the business. And, um, you know, and even like Chona is, she's offering like a TikTok class. Like she's willing to not only create opportunities for comedians, but she's also willing to like teach and share like, Hey, like, here's how you grow your social media following. Um, and I think it's hard as women in general, because I know we've had to overcome significant challenges just in any sort of workspace that we're in. Right. Um, and a lot of women have this like scarcity mindset. And so I feel like, especially in the entertainment industry, at least from what I have seen, it's like, there aren't as many opportunities opportunities out there. Right. And I think we all want that, like, sort of, you know, I want to, I want to be picked or I want this chance or I want to, I want to give that opportunity. But I think it's so important for us to remember that, yes, we do need our faces out there. So we do need these opportunities, but the more of us that are at the top, like the more of us that have a seat at the table and have a say, like, that's how we're going to get that diversity, even under like how, like how Chona said, like under the umbrella of being like a Hispanic comedian, because yeah, like there's the Latinas who have had all these different types of stories like we, we're not we don't just fit in one box right. when you think about man there's like all these all this different representation all these different comedians and all that and i'm like there's just not enough i, I feel like even female talent out right. there right so correct there's not enough yeah and one of the things and i know we i think we were just having a brief conversation michelle you and i uh, and i know what uh, an advocate you are for for pay equity yes uh, but 
because maybe there's not enough female comedians or Latinas mm -hmm. in this business, uh, there's always the risk of um, being underpaid or not paid mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, contracts that are broken or that, you know, verbal contracts that then don't follow through. And so, you know, as a, as a young um, or new um, person in the business, mm -hmm. you do need the support of others, right? That oh, say, yeah. no, girl, that's not how it's done. Like, no, you need yep. to ask for this money and you need to, you know, or whatever the case might be. But, you know, how do we create that, um, you know, structure of support for, especially for new people coming in so that they understand you know, the business a little better. So yeah, like Chona E is doing, you know, the, yeah. the TikTok tutorials or whatever, mm -hmm. but also like the business aspect of it, right? How do you get paid? How do you That's negotiate right. yep. um, in this business? Because a lot of times, especially I assume um, when it, you Sorry, know, there was a lady who looked like like little Bo Peep that just right. walked by. I, <laughs> so know, I was I, like, "What? I don't know what's going on." <laughs> <laughs> little Bo Peep. Yes, she was like in full costume. I'm like, it's it's not October yet, but okay. <laughs> what building are we in? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, but I'm thinking. You know, like how do we um, how do we support? You know, how do we help um, other women understand the business a little better and get. Um, you know, be, be comfortable with negotiating a contract and making mm -hmm. sure that that is followed through in a, in a, I assume male dominated, you know, uh, space. Super. Yeah. Super heavy male dominated. And I, and I, like I said, I'll give my perspective on this as someone just entering this. And I, I really want to hear, um, you know, what Joanna thinks, because obviously she is much further along and she's like, she's in the biz <laughs> as they say. <laughs> so she's, you know, um, but you know, so one thing, and this is what I tell anyone, um, whenever I do my pay equity sort of discussions, you know, that I've done with like YWCA and, um, I even, I even have jokes about the wage gap like in my set because ladies, this is serious. You should be more <laughs> upset about, about the disparity. But I, it, to me, it starts with transparency and communication. Um, I remember I did a show and I asked, um, the guy who was putting on the show, I said, okay. Um, when he told me what the rate was and, and I said, is that what this, is that what the man is making? I was like, you know, cause we did the same amount of time. And he was like, you're not supposed to ask that. And I'm like, why not? <laughs> why not? So then, so then for me, I just kind of take note of, and then I would just, then I started to reach out. Like I remember reaching out to another comedian and I was like, Hey, can you just, you know, can you tell me like, how much does a guest spot make? How much does like a feature make? How much does a headliner make? How much does a host make? Because, you know, each of those roles are very different. Each require different amounts of time, yeah. different mm -hmm. kinds of skills. Mm -hmm. And so the pay is different. And then it depends on the size of the club. And then it depends on, is it a free show? Are, are they making their money with food and beverage? Are they making their money with ticket sales? Like there's so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And girl, there's no HR of comedy. You know, right, right. No, I can't go to my HR person and be like, Hey, this was not an equitable, you know what I mean? Right. So that right. in and of itself is like this new territory especially for me working in HR during the day. But again, right. So I, 
and I'm, I swear, I'm not trying to kiss Jonah's butt, but I remember we did a show together, um, in Pasadena. And I remember like asking her, like, you know, how much, how much should I be asking for? How much should I be making? And she was totally transparent. And I think that was probably the first time I had someone be like, you know what, Michelle, you should not be asking less than this or asking for more than this. And then I felt like what a great data point for me to have because she is a Latina, Right. right. And she, she's so talented and she comes with all this experience and she's also like professionally educationally trained to do this. Right. So I'm like, you know, I I take all of that information. I'm like, oh, this is just more data for me to be be able to make well-informed decisions and then know what I need to say yes to. And um, having mentors, right? Like I have another comedy mentor. Her name is Danielle Torres, also a very, very funny comedian. Um, And I- Can't wait to work with her. Yes. (laughs) And she would tell me, you know, you got to think about what you say yes to. Like, yes, you're at a point in your career where, you know, you're trying to get exposure and stage time. She's like, but, you know- are you going to, are you going to drive like for three hours for five minutes? Like, can you afford to do that? And so a lot of what I've also noticed too, is that, um, it's not necessarily a level playing field. Like I have resources, like I have my family that can watch the kids, you know, I can afford to travel and, you know, gas ain't cheap girl. (laughs) So, you know what I mean? But I'm, I mean, I do feel like it is, one of those industries where you have to put in the time, you have to put in the work, you have to be able to, you know, you have to invest in yourself. So for me, I'm, I'm at that point where I'm like, I'm still kind of making those kinds of decisions where maybe I am taking a little less, but I'm getting exposure to this certain room or a certain club or, Mm -hmm. you know, a certain, um, a certain city where maybe I don't have people who, you know, if I do a show in San Antonio, like people are going to come up to see me, but if I'm doing a city, you know, if I'm doing any other city, like I don't have, I don't have a million TikTok followers like Chona, you know what I mean? So I'm like, I got to get grassroots. I feel like that's where I'm at, but, um, I would love to hear like what Chona's thoughts are. Cause she, she's in a, t- like I'm on the earth and she's like in like on the moon. So <laughs> no, 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 no. Honestly, I think that, um, coming into, to this business, um, I had a gig where, even with the following that I had, they offered me 25 bucks and a beer. And you should see Elena's face right now. <laughs> I thought to myself, like, is that rude or what the fuck is that? And I, and I remember, I'm um, sorry, Elena, you did warn your audience. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> um, that's me. I'm very passionate. And the cuff words come out, but I, I remember calling one of my stand-up comedy mentors and they said, Yes, that's actually pretty normal for the night that they're asking you for. But I also believe that it was not the right approach, considering you're not just coming with comedy, you're coming with ticket sales. Like you're going to sell the tickets basically. And for them to offer you that is, Mm -hmm. I'd say, a bit rude. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, cool. Got it. So I passed it up. And at first I was taking a lot of gigs. um, And this is just outside of stand-up. I was doing whatever cameos, this, that, and the other. Then I started realizing, Joanna, you're over here behind the scenes and you're breaking your back to gain these, these, this following. 
you're working extra hard, you're creating content. All this is, is, is stuff that I'm doing for free because I'm trying to build an audience. So when people are asking me to come onto their show, at first I was just like, okay, I'll take whatever it is that you're offering me. Then it wasn't until I started realizing the value of what I'm bringing to the table mm-hmm. on top of that, hey, I will put on a good show, I promise. Like I'm not just a fluke. Um, that I started to realize that I needed to ask for more. And it's hard in this, in the stand-up comedy industry, especially locally, they're not offering very much. And Michelle knows this. Mm-hmm. They're not offering very much, which is why it's always in your best interest to just be the one booking the show. Like work your butt off to be the headliner so that way you can get, the, you can work the door and do the door and then pay your comedians. Because the way that I see it is if I have, the door, I'm going to pay my comedians well. For example, Michelle was just at a show with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I made sure that that whoever booked it made sure that my comedians were taken care of. I made sure we paid a meal for them. I made sure that we, it's and it's not at all the protocol, right, Michelle? It's not at all what. Oh no! Like what the they rolled out the red is. carpet. It was it was like it's the best I've been treated, and I'm like, and of course that's how I was treated by a woman, right? You know, by a Latina, and I that Correct. better than I've been treated by. Um, and I, again, not to take away from folks who have, no. you know, given me opportunities and things in a row, but it was the best that I've been paid, the, the most money that I made. And it was just, it was a fantastic weekend, but you know, that I know that wasn't easy to do. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate because not everybody pays that way or does that. Um, so there's a two different ways of looking at it. It's kind of building your name, right? And at that point, if you don't have a solid name, then you're unfortunately you're not going to be be offered right away the best pays right. but if you're established with a nice following which is what we talked to Michelle about Michelle you're a great character you are have a great personality i think you have a face for social media as well no te quedas atrás manita start working on that <laughs> because then you can start saying no i think this i recently went to an out an out of town gig that the whole reason i wanted to do it And the only reason why I accepted the pay that I did was because I saw the value in performing with the other person on the lineup that has connections, that has Mm -hmm. experience, that has a plethora of experience. And I thought to myself, even though I negotiated the price, it still wasn't at all. I, I didn't make anything, by the way. It still wasn't at all what... I mean, it literally just paid for my hotels, but it wasn't at all anything. I didn't profit from that. Um, But I also had to take my, like, take my win for my loss, if that makes sense. I, I was like, okay, you know what, Joanna, glass half full. To some people locally here, you're like, hey, like, like Michelle's so sweet. She's on the moon. No, but I'm also, I'm also not to other people, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, yes, they're reaching out to me because they're like, she can sell some tickets, but I'm like, well, compensate me for that. But in this particular scenario, I had to fight my battle and um, I at least got my room taken care of. But I just said, you know what, Joanna, take this one on the chin. That way you can gain the experience and work with this person that you're really, really excited Mm -hmm. to work with. Um, I, I mean, I just did that recently. Like that wasn't, I'm still kind of, being offered shitty pay sometimes. Um, <laughs> but that's why I'm trying to build the relationships, with the club owners. And I'm like, you know, not to take away from the promoters and the bookies. It just, I know what I'm worth. I, and I, and I, and whoever joins me in on a show, I, I know what their worth is as well. And I want to make sure that they get compensated for what they're worth. 
Right. And I think so, that is in every industry, right? If we as women um, are willing to share that information, mm -hmm. to uh, be transparent about, you know, what's fair and what's not or um, or have that, like how much should this gig, yep. you know, make? Um, I think you move a little bit further towards pay equity. Right. Yep. Um, I agree. And, and, and Michelle, is it okay if I share a little bit about LOL? For sure. Absolutely. Okay. So something about LOL is that, uh, you know, I got this deal. It's the Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club. Um, super duper duper excited. Huge opportunity for me. Um, everything was already, you know, wrapped up in a bow, ready to go. We were just going to start promoting this stuff. Went to Corpus with Michelle and I just was like literally so proud of her <laughs> the entire you. weekend. And I was just like, I, 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 and then Samantha and I just couldn't stop talking about, you know, her and Birdo and how fantastic they were doing. And, and, and mostly, but, but Michelle, because she's a woman and it's not because no, this is not that it's just that Bird already has his fairy godmother, by the he way. Does. So he does. He does. <laughs> He's got a fairy godmother. So I was like, I I wanna I wanna baptize her. I want Aww. her to be my my little god goddaughter, right? Even though we're the same age. But anyway, I was like, <laughs> I, I I said, Sam, I wanna do something. I wanna do something. We talked about it a little more. And she's like, I said, dude, I wanna put her on my show, like as a guest spot, you know. Mm -hmm. She's like, do it, do it. Why not? And, you know, it, it, it's, it's crazy because I know that a guest spot doesn't off, doesn't usually doesn't really offer anything. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't ever offer a lot of time, but I saw the value and the potential and growing her name to an audience that I know is going to love her. She's going to gain followers after this. And the thing is, is after this show, not only is she going to gain followers, but what's going to happen is when they leave there, they're going to talk about her to another friend. And this is the chick I'm telling you about. And then there's going to be facial recognition. And then after that, they're going to recognize her flyers floating around. <laughs> Let's go see her. She's going to do more time at this show. Mm -hmm. It's just the, 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 there's, yes, there's pay, but then there's also I know as a woman that I am giving an opportunity here that maybe is priceless. You know what I mean? I feel like this is such a huge win. And and, and if I'm wrong, I, I, I hope I'm not. But I just was like, <laughs> I want to do something. I have to do something. And 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 this is this is this is it. I feel like that's such a great thing. I don't know. No, right, she's I, not wrong at all. Like LOL is the number one club to perform at here in San Antonio. Um, and I've done open mics there. Um, and you know, I've performed at other clubs. And so when you go to LOL, they have like the main room with like, you know, the, the big room where all like the major acts come through. And then they do have like where open mic is like outside, like in the bar area, there's a little stage and you can maybe fit, I don't know, maybe like 30 or 40 people in there. Um, so, you know, I think everyone's goal, I think at, at least in the local comedy scene is like, oh, okay, like I want to make it to the big room. And so when Chona reached out to me and she was like, I would love for you to do time on my show, you know, will you do a guest spot? I mean, it was like immediate, like, oh my God, like, ah, yes. Like, like my first time going to the main stage. And, um, you know, and, and here's the thing is that even 
even with that, like what a big moment. I was so happy. I still had people like, oh, you're just doing a guest spot. Like, oh, you're just, you know, and it was like the haters, the haters creep in. Right. And so I don't want to let anyone try to define what success looks like for me. Like I set, I set up some goals that I wanted to accomplish, like in my first like five years of comedy, like travel out of town, like perform at LOL, you know, like work up to like 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And I have smashed all of those goals in my first year of comedy. Yes. So, and I wouldn't, but it's not. And again, yes, I don't want to, I don't want to downplay, you know, my talent, my God-given gifts and abilities. Um, you know, I, I am a writer, my degrees in writing. I've always been, I, but I would not be where I'm at if I didn't have people who were like, just like, just like how Chona said, like, oh, I saw her, like, I want to, want to put her in a show or, oh, she was good. Yeah. Like, let's, let's take a chance on her, you know, in this city. And, and so it's just, it's me also being able to stay humble. Right. Like, I think what Joanna was saying, like, it's hard, right. Cause you do know I'm talented. I know what I'm worth, but at the same time, I'm thinking of the long-term game mm-hmm. and the long-term game is I need to, Damn. I need to put in the time. I need to connect with certain people. I need to work certain clubs. You know what I mean? And, and those relationships I'm finding are so key in this business. Right. right. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's, I'm thinking about um, just doing favors, right? Like um, people um, do something for you and then next time you do something for them. So it doesn't always have to be monetary or Mm -hmm. it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to have a financial gain. Yeah. Um, But there are other things that um, you're gaining from it, like you know, the public or your exposure. And that's important, especially, um, you know, with veteranas, uh, bringing you under their wing. Yes. Like you said, I don't know how old, um, Michelle is, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm 33. Um, and I know Chona, she's in her thirties, right? You are. Yes. I'm 30. Oh my God. I'm 38. (laughs) See, so we're only, (laughs) I am your godmother. (laughs) (laughs) We're only five years apart, (laughs) but you know what? I think, but what I, here's my fear. Here's my fear for us because I feel like as a, as a culture, um, as a community, we are of the, we mindset, not the I mindset, right? We, when we talk about like accomplishments, like when I look at resumes and I look at a resume of a white male, it's like, I accomplished this and I did this and I led this project. And then I look at a resume for like a Latina female and it's like, we were in a group together and we accomplished these things. Like, so it's hard for us, I think, to really like step out and own mm-hmm. those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't put ourselves out there because we, we do like think of ourselves as a collective. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's why we're so focused on like relationship building. But my fear, there's my fear is that there is going to come a point in time where we are going to not recognize the worth and the value and that we will take what is less than what we deserve. Mm-hmm. And so yes. that, that's what I, that's what I don't want to have happen. And, and, and I don't know, is that, could that be a factor as to why we don't have enough Latina comedians, you know, at, at that level, at that big level? Cause I feel like you got, you got like a handful, like at the very top and then there's like no middle level. And then you have like a bottom level where you have people who are trying to make it up, you know, and, and this is something that Sam Najera said. She was like, when it comes to like show business, she's like, either you've made it or you haven't, there is no in between. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my right. God. <laughs> When she said that, I was like, oh, geez. Like, um, so I just, I, I, my fear is, are we being taken advantage of? 
are we are we trying to make like justifiable excuses for maybe why we take less because we want to do X, Y, and Z? And I do get that to a certain extent, yeah. but there's going to be a time where we're going to have to we're going to have to maybe say no to maybe something that we want because it's it's part of that still bigger picture is you know I. I I know what I want. I know what I'm worth. But like, think of, think of Monique, right? Like, I don't know if you've heard about her story, but I know she's gotten so much heat about like being extremely difficult to work with. And like, like Scarlett Johansson, like all these women who have like stopped to demand more Mm -hmm. have been so villainized in the media. Um, And I know, trust me, there's, there's more to Monique's story, but at least for this specific aspect, when it comes to like being paid what you're worth. And, you know, like she, she was like a, she won an, she won an Oscar, right. For her role in Precious. And then she expected like all these deals to come in and then a deal came in and it was under what she knew she was worth. And she walked away and then everyone said, Oh, she's a diva. Oh, you know, we, Mm. she, she thinks she's worth too much. And it's like, well, when, when does that work? When, when someone else decides that I'm worthy or do we have to like step up and own that? Or do we, do we create opportunities for ourselves? Do we just become like the ultimate, like chingona CEOs of comedy and we just create those spaces for each other. And I feel like that's where you're going to really see us rise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and sometimes it, it can be a little offensive when people, um, you know, try to offer a gig or something. And when I'm trying to negotiate it and they're like, yeah, sorry, no, like, I don't know anybody who would pay you that way. And I'm like, well, you called me though. Mm-hmm. You called me because clearly you're trying to sell a show. That's the whole reason you called me, right? Because mm-hmm. you know I'm going to sell the hell out of these tickets, so why not compensate me for it? Because mm-hmm. you're also going to want me to promote this. You're also going to want me to do this, that, and the other. I, I mean, it's 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 crazy that it just. I don't know if it's um, that people aren't educated or people are just dr- turning a blind eye from t- when it comes when it's convenient to them when it comes to that part. I think that I think you you said that right. Like I think there's still that. Um, well, she won't know, or she just needs to be thankful for this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Also, as female, um, in there, if we don't have, you know, like Michelle said, an HR department in this business, <laughs> um, there's less regulations. There's less um, sort of, you know. Um, structures that you say, well, this is, you know, this is how we follow the contracts or this is how Mm -hmm. we draw up contracts. I don't know if that would be a solution, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of like, well, they should just be grateful, right. For the opportunity. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, so I'm glad, I'm glad you are there out there, um, supporting others and, and say, and knowing when to say no, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if it's for you, for your best interest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the tango right now. It really is. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I think, I think one of you had already said it, the more and more we do this, the more and more it'll become a normal thing right. and there just won't be room for it anymore. Exactly. Except yes. we need to normalize, right. Asking the questions or, right. you know, asking, um, is this what you would offer this guy, this male mm-hmm. comedian, right? yep. uh, normalize right. asking those questions and being comfortable with it. Because I think a lot of it, a lot of the time we're just not comfortable. It hasn't been part of our uh, process of how we right. do things. Um, so it's awkward to, to ask. It's awkward. I know I, 
I know, I know that that's, that's <laughs> for me, right. That, um, right. we are afraid or, um, we've, especially as, as women, but also as Latina women, that element of like shame, right. Like to be mm -hmm. humilde, we have to be humble, um, and not rock the boat. Right. Yeah. In terms of, yeah. of, of pay, but, uh, Michelle and, and Joanna, what projects or performances are you working on currently? What should we look for before the end of the year? Go ahead, Joanna. She's got more on her docket than I do. <laughs> um, I am really excited for the next one, which is um, um, I, the LOL show, of course. Um, you know, I, I was offered a spot. That's September 22nd. And um, we put our uh, APM show on and it sold out within days, which was just so phenomenal. Wow. And LOL gave me a second spot, yep. um, 10 o'clock right after that. So those tickets are still available. They are moving, um, but there are still some available. <laughs> Excuse me. And, um, you know, I have some local stuff coming up. I'm going to be at the Lolo Car Show this uh, Saturday from 12 to 2 with the cast of Bean and Cheese Man. Um, and... Uh, it, just no Sunday, I think Saturday is. I don't remember which day it is. And then um, I, I have a spot at the Laugh Factory in Chicago, Illinois. I'll be there in October, so that's really exciting to travel out of the state of Texas to go perform comedy with some other Mexicana Latina chingonas, which is going to be a lot of fun. So I have three uh, shows out there um, in Chicago, and. Um, then I have a couple spots at Upstage in December. So I'm just really, really excited and very blessed and just happy that I get to do this and that I'm getting to do it on the on, on the level, you know, that I'm that I'm being offered these gigs. And mm -hmm. and I just hope to continue to do this. And I hope that um, you know, eventually it pays off. And then I, I'm in a position of power where I can bring up my other chingonas and um you know, that's the ultimate goal here. Right. Right. And the laugh factory is like a huge deal. I mean, like, that's like, that's yeah. up there with like the comedy store, the improv, like that is a yes. major, yes. um, that's a, that's amazing. And she's, and she's doing just cause I obviously stalk her on social media. She's doing like a whole, like Chicago, like Midwest, like she's doing like several dates, um, out there. So that's just, that's phenomenal. Um, so, you, so just, I, I, it's, it's weird to be proud of someone who you want to be, but it's like, I'm so proud of like, just seeing, <laughs> <laughs> cause I mean, I, you know, I, I feel like people try to put, I think people try to put Chona in a box, right? Like, oh, well, she's just a social media, whatever. And she's so right. much more. And I, I told her this, I remember, um, I actually, she did two sold out shows for, Mother's Day at Upstage. And um, when you're just starting out, like you really do, like you, you, you do your open mics, but you also like work at the club, right? Like to show the club owners, like, Hey, I'm, I'm committed to the club. I want the club to be successful. So I worked the door for both of her shows. And I just remember like, she had like a whole crew of people and there were badges and like both nights she got standing ovations. Like it was, it was insane. It was insane. And I remember I thought to myself, I was like, Oh my God, if she's doing this, th then there's no way I should be doing this because she's so talented. And there's, I, she's killing it. I'm like, there's no space here for me. And, and then I just, I remember 
having that moment and feeling like that, then that's it. Like <laughs> I, I worked the door and that was as close as I'm going to get to that moment. And then I, I remember going home and I even had like talked to my mom and talked to my husband about it. And they were like, no, this is, and this is the problem. This is why there aren't enough um, Latinas in this game because, right. because, you know, because you had that scarcity mindset moment, you were like, Oh, then there's not enough room for me. And it's like, no, there is. And there's space for us this because we, this. yes. And we have our stories. And so, so anyway, I am all of that to say is, um, so I just, I, I want, um, I just want to, I, I love continuing like to root for each other. Like, you know, we comment yes. on each other's posts and we're like, when she adds, she comes out with her flyer and you know, here's my new date and sold on the show. And I'm like, yes, girl, like get it, get it girl. <laughs> right. I love it. Yes. Um, so wait, your, oh, your question was, <laughs> I'm just like, I love Joanna. <laughs> Sorry. Your She's question. Like, Thank you for having me tonight. All right. <laughs> so, um, so for me, I'm actually really excited tomorrow. I'm going to be doing the worth repeating storyteller show with Texas public radio. Um, so yes, I'm so excited. So it's seven storytellers, seven minutes, $7. I think there are still a handful of tickets left. Um, but I'll be at the Carlos, uh, Alvarez theater downtown. So that will be a lot of fun. Um, that's going to be recorded and put on, put out on the, like tech, the Texas public radio's channels. And that's going to be fun. Um, I've got, uh, obviously the LOL show, which I'm super excited about. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So I'll be doing the guest spot for the eight and the 10. I'm going to be coming in hot late at night. <laughs> And then, um, I do like, I, I just, um, I've got some, just, you know, some local spots that I'm hitting up. Um, you know, I'm going to be at the corner on Culebra, you know, I'm going to be at, you know, the office and Pleasanton, you know, just uh, spots that I have, um, hit up before I have never, never done the corner. I'm actually really excited because it's on the West side, which is where I live. And there's it's like, everything is North. <laughs> everything is like, like LOL and upstage and all these clubs are all up North. And it's, so it's a, a lot of driving to do. Um, but, um, I'm also really excited because um, a club that I really love to support is Chismosas over on Blanco. And we're going to have our Laughing with the Ladies show on October 1st. And then we are also going to be doing Gordaween. <laughs> yes, that's yes. right. Um, with, with Chona and, and Daniel Torres and AJ Rivas and myself. Um, so that's going to be a really fun show at Chismosas if you guys haven't been. Um, and I also help co-host open mics there. So you can catch me there every other Wednesday. Um, where I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm working on my, working on my material. Um, and then, um, so something really exciting, I haven't announced it yet. So I'll, I will announce it here. So, um, when, when the first time I met Chona, like when I saw her do her show and when we met at that, um, at, I think it was winters in Pasadena, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and so there was a woman on that show that was on tour on the Chigona tour. Her name is Janice and she is from the Chicago area. Like she's the one um, who puts, she has this Las Locas comedy and, you know, so yeah. she has that Chingona comedy night um, every month. And so um, she is giving me an opportunity to do the Laugh Factory oh as well God. in November. So oh congratulations. <laughs> I will be in Chicago in November. Girl. I know. Girl. Oh, girl. I know. <laughs> so, That's um, freaking yes. Amazing. Your madrina is proud of <laughs> you. She sprinkled that. And you know what, Elena? So I know, and I know, I feel like I'm like a gutless flip flopper because I'm like, you know what you're worth. But, <laughs> but that, 
that show, I had reached out to Irma and I said, Irma, is there any way? Cause she, she's the one who puts on the Chingona comedy tour. She's actually in the process of looking, she's doing like a whole Chingona contest where she's looking for yeah. the next Chingona to bring on their tour, their 2023, like, um, beginning of year tour. Um, and so, you know, again, cause she just, like I said, she continuously creates opportunities for comedians to really have a moment to shine. And so I asked her, I said, Hey, is there any way I could do a guest spot on one of the shows on your tour? She offered me Pasadena and, you know, dr- drove right for like, what, like 10 minutes drove, you know, it's cause what was it? I don't know, like two, three hour drive and did that time. But then, you know, was able to meet, you know, Janice connection yes. to Chicago was able to meet, you know, Mike who like runs the shows there and then was able to book like two more shows off of that shows where I got paid. So yes, like, so I, I, I can't stress enough. Like when, when Chona was talking about this earlier, right? Like, yes, I took less, but I took less because I saw again, that long-term result. Like I saw the end Correct. game. Um, so, so I'm very, very excited because like we're me with, with Chicago. Yes. I, I didn't, I'm going to be fair. I'm going to be honest and transparent as we should. Right. I, I, we haven't been, we have, we haven't been locked in with a number yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She did not lock in a number. She says, I don't know. I won't, I won't know until this, that, and the other, you know? And I said to myself, that's a credit girl that you need to just bite the bullet on. Yeah. Travels on my own, you know, all that on my own. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I'm not going to say no to the laugh factory. Are you kidding me? Right. This is more of an investment in my yep. career. Mm-hmm. So I, I see the value here. Right, right. Are you kidding me? Just your face behind that Laugh Factory logo is like worth Correct. it. Enough. You know what, what I mean? I can't wait. Yes. Yeah. Right. Adding that to your, you know, to your comedy resume, like yes. it's going to open so many more doors, right? Because then to me, it's like, okay, so you're doing the Laugh Factory um, in the Midwest. You know, that's going to create opportunities for you to be able to do like those East Coast clubs. You know, mm-hmm. she did the Laugh Factory in in um, Chicago. Then let's have her at the Laugh Factory in LA. You know, let's have her, you know what I mean? So it's like, so yes, I just, um, that's why I'm like, I'm so proud. I'm so proud of everything that I see all of the Latina comedians doing in the scene. Cause it is not easy. And, and both, you know, both Chona and I are moms and our kids are like heavily involved. And like, I see Chona doing all her stuff with the, being the volleyball mom and, you know, and look, it, you know, her daughter had a fever and she still like did this podcast right. today. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for for being here and I really I love listening to your stories and the work that you're doing and and what you're doing to also support others just by sharing the message, right? Sharing um your story and how um transparent you are about you know, the, 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 the things that you say yes to and the things that you say no to, um, mm-hmm. or right. that, you know, right. uh, um, uh, seeing like, I like what you said, Michelle, seeing the future, right. The long, yeah. the long run, um, Michelle and Joanna, gracias por esta conversación. Gracias, Elena. Gracias. <laughs> A todos, gracias por escucharnos y recuerden seguirnos en Facebook y de compartir este podcast con otros. Hasta la próxima. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thank you both.